anyone got a pencil? Hello and welcome to the Mixtape Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Phillips, and every week I'll be asking my guests to make up a mixtape. I'll ask them for a title and five tracks. Track one, what's your intro? What's your attention grabber? What's going to be the song that's going to pull me in and make me want to listen to the rest of your tape? Track two, what's a song that you sing loud and proud when you're on your own in the car or the shower? Track three, I'm going to ask them to get a little bit obscure and pick maybe a B-side or an album track. Track four, pick a song that you would like to have played to your 18-year-old self. And track five, pick a song that you would put on your mixtape to let the listener know you're romantically interested. Due to the music being licensed content, you will have to click into the description of the podcast to hear the songs my guests pick on the accompanying Spotify playlist. Don't forget to smash the follow button or the plus sign and you'll be notified every time there's a new episode. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy this chat. Hello and welcome to another mixtape on this week's show. I'm joined by Tom Clark, lead singer from UK band Black Pines. How are you, Tom? I'm great. How are you? Great, mate. Tip top, tip top, buddy. Um, so mm-hmm. how's it been going with the with the releasing and uh, as the sort of tracks being released? And talk to me a little bit about how you're sort of putting the tracks out from from the EP bodies. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Death obviously came out on... Um... On the 9th of June, um, we had a bit of bit of uh, playlist success with that. We've had, uh, I think, it was breaking new emerging or British breaking acts on Amazon Music. Um, we've had a bit of radio play, and the EP is we're sort of waterfall releasing it. So we spent quite a long time just releasing singles. So we'd like we'd, we'd write a body of work and then release everything just so that we constantly had stuff coming out. Cause I think as, as, as emerging bands, as bands that are coming up and trying to break through, I think sometimes if you just drop six or seven songs in one go, they just get lost and it, it, the whole thing kind of just slows down. Whereas if you gradually release it, you're constantly releasing, constantly doing content, constantly having a social media campaign running alongside it. And it, it stretches out the, the impact that the music can have. Um, so yeah, we're sort of stretching it out until September. So there'll be one song uh, being released every month, um, and then the whole thing will sort of drop down on 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 all the platforms as a, as an EP. Right, so, and you can download download that through your Bandcamp page, is that right? Yeah. Or um, SoundCloud Spotify, or Bandcamp. SoundCloud, um, Spotify, Apple Music, all 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 the DSPs, all the yeah, yeah. everywhere really. And yeah. any confirmed gigs uh, between now and sort of the next few weeks? Yeah, we've. It's a funny one for us at the moment. Obviously, it's um, you know, summer's always sort of. It's difficult to book shows, and it can be hard to, to you know, a lot of people are on holiday. A lot of people are at festivals. A lot of people are tied up with festivals this time of year. So I think we, we're looking to do a, a couple of local shows because um, we haven't played locally for a while. But yeah, apart from that, there are there what there's a few festivals that we're may be playing but we're, we're waiting for confirmation on but so i probably won't say too much about that but yeah, apart from that we're, we're actually we've been quite quiet on the gig front but yeah looking to change that soon but yeah as i said being summer it's just a bit quiet at the moment 
So. Yeah. Just shout out your Instagram page for all the info on your gigs and releases and everything. Like that. Is it black underscore pines underscore music on Instagram? Yeah. For all the for all the gig yeah. details and um when the when each single drops um and all that other good stuff. Okay, Tom, let's get into the meat and bones of of the podcast. So the mixtape, as you know, um, I asked you to to pick five tracks for your imaginary mixtape. Um, I'm going to throw this one at you as well, because I don't think I've asked you for this in advance, but um, I'm looking for a title for your mixtape as well. Songs That Slap. Songs That Slap. <laughs> okay. And, and why did you why did you call your mixtape Songs That Slap? Can you explain that to, to people? Because they all slap. Slap in terms of... You've, you've been away from England for too long. I, I think you're just um, a bit street. <laughs> oh, is it? Uh, I was never street anyway, Tom. You know me, mate. Okay, yeah. Songs That Slap. Track one is is the intro track, Tom, the one that's going to be the attention grabber and going to make me want to listen yeah. to, to the rest of your mixtape. So what track did you go with for track one, mate? Yeah, so I went with The Rolling People um, by The Verve. I just think it for a song that will grab your attention immediately, I just think the intro to that song, the drums, the way the drums build, the riff, yeah, just that whole intro. It's a great, great, it's, you know, it's the sort of song I'd stick on as I got in the car, turned the car on and started driving somewhere. Cheer me up a bit. Great, great track. Classic album as well. And I think that when I listen to that track, it sounds to me more like it would fit on either of the first two albums comfortably. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's got that vibe. Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely of of that album. You're right. There's there's a couple of songs on there that could sit on their some of their earlier work, like Mm. um, Weeping Willow as well. That's a great track as well. Funny story I heard about that album when it when it came out at the time in 1997 was because obviously the Verve it was their breakthrough album but obviously as as most people know not their debut album and mm. there was a, a the NME yearly sort of polls NME being New Musical Express which is a, a music publication that comes out in the UK and um, they ran the uh, category for best debut album of 1997 and Urban Hymns by the Verve got like so many thousand votes um mm. for best for best debut album because they just you know sort of come from nowhere and and they published it they put it out and they said um if <laughs> if you don't if everybody who, who voted for the verve for their best debut album was urban hymns doesn't send us 10 quid we're going to publish all your names and addresses so that all your yeah. mates know i laughed at that because anyone who knows less than me i'm a 100 music snob like and i will I will look down at, mm. at people who, who would consider that their, their debut album. Do you know what I mean? So that made me laugh. Yeah. So it's, I think it was it was nearly ten thousand or something votes for for debut album yeah. of the year, and I was like, oh, come on. Do you know what it's I mean? It's crazy, isn't it? It's funny. It's funny as well because it, what I love about the Verve is that, and a lot of people don't realise they were they were signed to, to um, Virgin, but Hut, which is was a, records, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it was a down, it was like a, a subsidiary of, of Virgin or Hut, mm. which I think. Um, I think also the Smashing Pumpkins one. So they had, it was like an American label or the American mm. side of the label that they were signed to. And they were touring with people like um, Black Crows, you know, in America on Storm in Heaven, um, you know, way back then. So they were, they were around, they were like the last of those sort of bands that were allowed to grow over a few albums before they had major commercial success. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You don't really see that anymore. No, no. What record companies want the finished article on a plate, don't they? Before they even think about signing you. Yeah, crack, cracking album, and um, yeah, obviously, subject of the of the question that we've spoken about before uh, the the festival headline yeah. hash when, when when you were on before. 
Um, yeah, so we won't revisit that because I don't think either of us have uh, covered ourselves in glory there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so we'll leave yeah. it at that. Okay, track yeah. two, Tom, on your mixtape is a song that you sing loud and proud when you're in the shower or in the car on your own, mate. What did you go with? I went with um, Grace by Jeff Buckley. Obviously, of course. You obviously know me, you know, know what I like. And <laughs> yeah. One of my favourite artists of all time. But for that track in particular, just the way it builds, the way that the music builds, the way the vocals build, the emotion in it, it's I've always loved singing that song in the car mm. at the top of my voice, you know, yeah. hurting. Yeah. Fantastic song. Yeah, couldn't really say anything more about that song, really. I think that's one of the things about the album. It's it's absolutely timeless. Like it's just it's so well written and and produced and recorded. Like it, it could have come out yesterday if you hear it for the first time. You would never know it's it's almost twenty yeah, yeah, years yeah. old. Do you know what I mean? Like you, oh, 30 yeah, yeah. years old now. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, you'd have no you'd have no idea. I was reading up a little bit um, the other day because that song was co-written by Gary Lucas um, for people who, who are not aware. Yes. And um, that was I I always felt like I didn't know much about him, and I just felt like he he sort of chanced upon. Uh, Jeff as a as an organizer of the Tim Buckley tribute um at, at the St Anne's Church well, I can't remember St. Anne's Church in New York St. Anne's yeah. Church yeah, yeah New York yeah put on by Hal, um, put on by Hal Wilner yeah that's it yeah. yeah and um I always felt like he was just he just sort of lucked out a bit and was sort of you know piggybacking off the back of Jeff's talent a little bit and then I read up on him and I found out who he's worked with and what he was doing before. And I was like, Jesus, how have I not heard of this guy? Like, yeah. It was in Captain Beefheart's band. That's like right. He's recorded yeah. with Iggy Pop and like um, yeah. oh, all sorts Jeff of people. Was, Jeff was a huge, Jeff was a huge um, Beefheart fan as well, which I think yeah. that was the, attra- yeah. the attraction to work together, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I played um, Heaven or Las Vegas Cocktail Twins on the show um, the other week. And um, obviously Elizabeth Fraser and, and Jeff Buckley were, were an item for a while. And I just like, uh, supposed like out loud while after the track, like what what a collaboration that would have been like if they would have like put an album out together or you know even a duet like even a couple of songs yeah. on EP like that would have been amazing. I was just gonna say a lot of people don't realise um, with Elizabeth Fraser that he he was actually before he even met her he was obsessed with their, their band and he actually if you listen yeah, yeah. to the way he sings he's very influenced by her sing- singing yeah i know he's, you obviously can hear nina simone in his voice and a lot of other people but you if you listen really carefully sometimes you can hear some of the weird expressions that he does she used to do a lot and it's, yeah. it's yeah. quite interesting that actually yeah. she was a massive tim buckley fan as well i think she covered right. song to the siren as well on on one of their yeah, records i always think when 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 musicians sort of pass away especially as young as they did as when jeff buckley um as young as he was like what i wonder a lot like what they would have done like you know with their career and the collaborations they could have made mm-hmm. and you know what sort of records and what their music would sound like now and yeah, it's all part of the tragedy, I think. Now, when I looked at your list of songs that you sent me, I was very surprised to not see a Soundgarden slash Chris Cornell track in there. And then I saw yeah, the Alice in Chains track, and I thought, oh, no, he slipped it in. He slipped it in, in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so track three, Tom, is, um, is a song that is uh, a little bit obscure, a bit left field, an album track or a B-side. So what have we gone with, mate? So, so yeah... Um... I went with, as I said, there's um, a, an album called Sap from Madison Chains, which is, I believe it was a B-side album, and it was on the back of Jar of Flies by Alison Chains. And you I think Jar it's an Flies. EP. It's like a, it's a motion yeah, acoustic sort of EP, I think. Yeah, and both yeah. came out together, and I think mm. um, Sap was, uh, I think it was a B-side album, or it was, yeah. But um, yeah, the song on there, 
uh right right turn um which has got uh Alison Hart from Hart doing back in as well and Chris Cornell and Mark Arm from Mudhoney as well Yeah, in the, and then obviously Jerry Cantrell and Mark um Lane Staley as well but yeah it's a great song and I love yeah I, I did think that and I thought I could put that track here I was looking for a b-side and I thought I can put put a b-side in and get Chris in there as well because he com
I'm, I've been there for years, Tom, so I ain't got a clue, mate. What's going on now in the <laughs> London music scene? I'm well out. Uh, All right. Yeah. So, uh, Tamino and uh, Habib, what are the name of his two albums? Just give them a shout out because they're well worth uh, his first His first album is called Amir. And mm. yeah, his second album is Saha, like S A H A R. Yeah. And his first album's Amir, which is A M I R. Yeah. And it's Tamino, T A M I N O. Um, I was looking at his merch store and and I seen he's like vinyl was like really well priced. It was like I think for me it was like forty seven Australian dollars for a record, which is really reasonable for a new artist. So um, I'm definitely going to yeah. be um, I'm definitely going to be uh, indulging indulging me vinyl um, obsession there for sure. I'll get those two records here yeah, without mm. a doubt. Okay, and on to the last track for the mixtape, Tom. And I asked you to pick a song that you would put on your mixtape to let the listener know that you're romantically interested what did you go with mate i went with the doors uh love street mm-hmm. um, i don't know if you're a doors fan but I'm, I'm yeah huge huge doors fan but it was just the first thing that came to my head and i think if you're trying to let someone know know that you were romantically interested i think mm-hmm. it, the, the, the song kind of that song kind of would do that i think for me that's just yeah. the first thing that came into my head um yeah yeah yeah, without being too I, creepy. <laughs> I did um I did I did look it up because I knew I knew what album it was from, but I didn't I didn't um I didn't know it that well. Um and it and it's obviously it's from Waiting for the Sun. And um it was a B side, I think, to to Hello I Love You, who I was reading earlier. Um so that was like that made perfect sense to me, like to put those two like tracks A side, mm. B side, like Hello I Love You and Love Street. They're both I think What's his girlfriend's name that he writes all these songs about? Meg Ryan, I yeah, call her. Um, That's all I always picture her. I don't know why. Whenever I think of her, I see Meg Ryan, which is ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I hate that film. I, I, love, I used to. I've, I've watched that film a lot, but it's like I think it's the most awful portrayal of Jim Morrison. I think he obviously plays him really well, and he he kind of looks looked looked a lot like him. But yeah. I think that Oliver Stone went way over the top with the. Uh, <laughs> it's it's what, what he was like massively sensationalized and and i think yeah, they really yeah. focus on the on the excesses and the apocryphal tales and and the mythology around yeah. him and the band rather than the music and the you know the, the creative process and you know all that other yeah. stuff yeah it's it's a ridiculous film i've never spoken to anyone who's who's ever said to me oh do you know what geezer that's a great movie everyone pans it don't they every single person yeah. goes oh what a load of rubbish. Do you know what? It, it's it's quite a fun film to watch yeah, but, it is. Yeah, if you a, don't think it's about as, a real band, yeah, yeah, but if, but as a as an as an actual account of someone's life, I think you know, like, I think it's probably time they made a new one. <laughs> Do yeah, you know what no, I mean? For sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Talking about movies, just just jumping back to Jeff Buckley a I minute. Mean, um, have you seen? Do you know what I know? What you're going to say, and I, there is a film out, isn't there? And yeah. It's kind of about um, him. Greetings from um, Tim Buckley. A true story. Yeah. So it was. Basically follows his, his his life and career up to and including the Tim Buckley tribute at, at St Anne's Church, um, uh, and, and okay. because um, obviously Mary Zibear, if for people who are not aware, that's Jeff's mum who's in control of his estate and his and his um yeah his music publishing. She's obviously got a, a biopic in the making that's been in the works for donkey's years. Um, that yeah. the likes of you and I have been absolutely chomping at the bit to, to get and see because it'll be an amazing movie when it does eventually come out. Mm. But obviously she, she's got the publishing for, for all his songs and she refused to allow any of his songs to be used in this movie. So it's all right. um, 
it's it's just a, yeah there's not much music in it and the music that is in it is um yeah, yeah. is tim is tim buckley's songs and and that's sort of the reason why they've they've geared the movie sort of plot line and story around that concert is because yeah it just it just goes up to and including mm-hmm. that and it doesn't go any further yeah. um sort of when he breaks through i think um Oh, it's a girl. Oh, is it Elizabeth? No, it's not Elizabeth Fraser. It's some other girl who he was with. But Kate Nash. Moore? Yeah, that's her. Kate Nash, the, the UK singer songwriter, plays her in it. Okay. Um And the one, the the one bit of casting that I thought was genius. I can't remember who he is now, but off the top of my head. But the guy who plays Gary Lucas looks bang like him. Like he's just like <laughs> you know straight away as soon as he walks in yeah, and go, yeah. "Hey, there's Gary Lucas." Yeah, straight away. Yeah, greetings, Massive greetings credit. from. Yeah. Greetings from Tim Buckley. Yeah, if you're if you're a Jeff yeah. Buckley or a Tim Buckley fan, that's that's well worth watch. Um, no, I was going to say there's a lot of um, kickback around his mum. I actually met Jeff Buckley's mum at a Jeff Buckley tribute in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, played at the Ruby Lounge, and um, yeah, it was quite that was an interesting experience. But there's there's been a lot of um, negativity towards her. I think since you know there's various things she's done with his estate, and you know putting stuff out that although as fans we all love to hear i don't think he would have wanted people to listen to and that you and i album which is literally like scraping the barrel of any you know last dregs of anything that he ever recorded yeah. whether it be yeah. a two minute rough demo on or an idea that he was trying to get out yeah you know yeah. it's um yeah it's a bit, bit weird did, did you ever um did you ever hear the story of how he came to be playing at chennai how he got the gig there no, I knew. I mean, I knew he was obviously living. He was living in Manhattan, wasn't he? In that area, yeah, so Greenwich. Greenwich I was Village, watching. And... I was watching an interview with. Um, do you know Glenn Hansard from the Frames? Do you know him? I was just going to say that. Yeah, he's friends. Yeah. He had a yeah, friend so... called Tom Clark who was playing there. Glenn Hansard had a friend called Tom Clark who used yeah. to play there every, and he nicked his spot, didn't he? I think. Yeah. So he... what happened was, um, the guy. Glenn Hansard was touring with with the Commitments because he played mm. Outspan in the in the Commitments movie um, when he was a young man, and um, he's he was friends with the with the owner of Chennai, and yeah. um, Jeff Buckley was the uh, was his roadie was Glenn Hansard's roadie on yes. that tour, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and he said to Glenn Hansard, "Oh, while you're in town, do you want to come down to to me little coffee shop and and play a set?" And he's like, "Oh, I can't really do it. I'm knackered. I'm tired. I don't really fancy it." But my roadie. He's mint. He'll come down and play for you, and and that was yeah. how he got that was how he got the gig at Chennai. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah, yeah, unreal. I had no idea that he was. I knew Jeff Buckley was sort of you know in and around sort of music yeah. scene before he broke through and started playing at Chennai, but I didn't know he was he was Glenn Hansard's mm. roadie. Yeah, yeah, I well, love that story. Weirdly, it's awesome. Weirdly, just to add to that, he tail off on that. He uh, like going back to the Tom Clark thing, which is obviously weird because my name's Tom Clark, but he <laughs> yeah, a guy called Tom Clark had a regular slot there. That night he wasn't he was ill and Jeff mm. that night that you were on about I think he took he went in and then Tom Clark got you know came back and was like oh you've nicked my Thursday spot because they they wanted him in there every week afterwards yeah 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 that's it like, yeah, but he was yeah. like I had to hold my hands up and just be like look you know I understand you know yeah no, fair enough you would wouldn't you yeah yeah, yeah no. I really wanted to get to Chennai at some point but I think it's closed down now I didn't I think it did reopen yeah, at some a, point but I think it's, it's all closed store. down. Now. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a shame, isn't it? You think somewhere like that with that much like significance would be sort of preserved mm. a little bit, but it's New York, isn't it? They don't give a monkeys about that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. On that note, we'll close it up there. Thanks very much for coming on the, on the podcast, Tom. Really appreciate your time um, coming on. Good luck with no EP and everything else, mate. Hope it all goes well. Yeah, no worries, man.
That was the Mixtape Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to jump up to the top of the page and smash that follow button and you'll be notified every time there's a new episode or follow me on Instagram at the Mixtape Perf. Till the next time. <laughs>